Hey there, I'm Megan Martin, and I put the manic in Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And I'm Janelle Megan, and I'm a self-proclaimed Bond girl, and I make every conversation way too deep. We are both professional actors, producers, and models. Cause and Creation is a podcast where we talk about all things creative, including interviewing other awesome artists that are breaking new ground. We'll be taking a deep dive into who they are, the work they do, and more importantly, what moves them as artists. You'll get an inside look into the minds of award-winning filmmakers who are promoting new content, writers who are on the first draft of their novel, video game designers who are creating a whole new world from scratch, and so much more. If you want to get to know a creative, or just want to get to know us, come hang out with us at Cause and Creation every other Thursday. Cue the applause. Prehistoric beasts, while Titan and White Knight frantically search for an answer before they become a reptilian appetizer. All the while, the city's brightest star is streaking in from another dimension. Will Soul be the Big Bang that sends the Shaggy Lynx beasts back to the Stone Age? Find out right now on this, the newest episode of Masks. Vega Rising, Issue 2, The Corporate Cleanup, commences, presented by Delinquent Comics. The first issue of this panel, we have a bright, burning white streak hurtling from the sky above the city. And the rest of the, what was a bright, beautiful blue, like midday sky above Halcyon City, it's gone dark. There, the, it's as if the sun itself cannot compare to the light that is hurtling towards the city street as the body of soul in full power and full majesty crash lands into the city and a shockwave sort of erupts and a crater appears, um, just sending cars, all kinds of stuff flying, collateral damage flying uh, in all directions. And then we see a panel of the body of Leo laying at the, at the base of a very angry dinosaur with, like, like dinosaur is an understatement. This thing is a bird hell beast. We see the passed out body of Muse in her very adorable pajamas um, underneath a building that is kind of like teetering as like the foundation has now been smashed and we see the Titanmobile having like kind of turned sideways in the city street uh, Titan I think leaping out of it into action uh but we like see tire marks like from where the you know you did like a a hard turn and break to bring the titanmobile to a stop in time to see all this unfold what does our our superhero team leader titan 
do at the start of this issue. Uh, goes on comms. Is that another Falling Star Part Two? I, I, uh, I can you just stop with the stupid names of things? We've got three down and a building collapsing. I've already got brought in the breath. I already got the. I got the bron- I got the bronze bovine coming. He's bringing Danny Boy. Uh, I'm I'm sending out the drones. Okay, well, I hope they can clear a building fast because I can't do that and keep both of these things locked down. And we get, like, a panel of, like, White Knight sweating as he's, like, trying to keep these chains on these literal dinosaurs. Especially because one of them is, like, within punching distance of Leo. The trunk of the car opens up and just, uh, just like, a flood of just robots coming out of it. uh, Like, of just small like bug-like looking robotic creatures just flooding out of the trunk towards the oh, building cool. and then Titans running towards uh, Leo's body. Okay, when we see these like uh, robots um, flying out of the trunk of the Titanmobile, you describe them as like bugs. Are we talking about like dragonfly bugs, like winged bugs? Are we it, talking about, like... It's, a, it's a combination of some winged and uh, like uh, six-legged uh, skittering. Okay, and when they get to the foundation of the building, what do they do? Are they... they start to interlock interlock and form uh, structures to where they're going to try and either relieve some of that pressure or add more support to the damaged portions of the building. That's awesome. Uh, please roll plus savior to defend uh, the building and the people below it, including Muse, from the collapse. Okay, that's a... Where'd that dice go? Okay, that's a five on the dice. But I have a three in Savior, so that's an eight. Very cool. You're going to choose one out of teams of the pool, take influence over someone you protect, clear a condition, and then you're either going to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. I would expose myself to danger if I'm going to, if I'm getting in front of one of the dinosaurs to remove uh-huh. somebody out of the way. So I'll expose myself to danger. Okay, and then uh, are you going to add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, clear a condition? Uh, I would take, uh, I'm going to gain influence over Leo. Nice. Or take, yeah, I will take influence over Leo. Is that who you're like standing over as you're like trying to keep him safe from the dinosaur? Mm-hmm. Because I don't see Muse at this time. Okay, cool. All right, so then we get this panel of like Leo who is not understanding what's happening to him. He's like looking down at his hands that were glowing and now there's nothing there. And he like tries to reach inside to like whatever power he had found there in the last six months. And like he's just like earnestly pushing, trying to like pull it out of himself. And nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. It's gone. And he looks up and he just sees this shadow of Titan standing above him uh, between him and the Quetzalcoatl who though the Quetzalcoatl is being held down by the shadow um, like uh, lockdown that White Knight has him in is still going to try to um, like stab at Titan with his beak so uh, go ahead and roll a take a powerful blow Titan as this Quetzalcoatl is going to like the same beak that once Eight baby uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes is going to try to uh, murderify Ty- our, our good friend Titan. Okay. Murder rate. Okay, so that is 11 on the dice. Pack to death. Um, I have 
angry and insecure. Yes. Okay. So, so twelve on taking power from blow. I'm like, can I give him team? Yeah, I'm like, can I use team to help him here? Because I do technically have that Quetzalcoatl chained up. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. I, I it, because as far as I know, uh, as far as I know, you can use team to add plus one to a roll. And the way Power Powerful Blow works is it's like very purposefully the opposite. Like, yeah. So you must expose yourself or sorry, you must remove yourself from the situation, lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way or two options for the seventh and ninth uh, list. So this is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to give ground. So give my opposition an opportunity. Okay. And then I'm just going to struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. All right. So you're going to give some ground and give your opposition an opportunity. Uh, and you're going to struggle past the pain. What, what conditions are you marking? I'm going to mark uh, guilty. Okay. And afraid. No, let's go with hopeless instead of afraid. Okay. How many conditions does I, Titan have marked? I have four total now. Okay. I have everything <laughs> except afraid marked. Okay. All right. So I think what happens is that the Quetzalcoatl, it just knocks Titan out of the way. So Leo looks up, sees the shadow of Titan standing between him and the dinosaur, like ready to defend him. And like a ragdoll, the Quetzalcoatl just tosses the powerless Ryan out of the way uh, and begins to start stabbing at the poor also powerless Leo, who is laying body is laying there. Um, so uh, there is a panel that we see next of it's sort of it's like it's what it would look like if eyes are barely struggling to try to open. Um, there's like uh, you know this is more of a movie shot than it is a, a comic book panel, but there's like you know ear ringing and eyes trying to open. And like the blurred and confused experience of Soul, who his body has just crash landed into the ground. And Soul, I feel like um, you have no idea where you are or what's happening. Right. And you have just sort of like taken this, like you are barely conscious. And you are feeling something you have never felt in as long as you can remember, which is weakness and practically powerlessness. Ew. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> Uh, so sort of through the sort of just the most thin possible amount of consciousness that you can kind of muster, is there anything you would like to try to to do in this moment? Interesting. Interesting. Again, you have no idea where you are or what's happening. Right. I mean, man, I might as well just roll and see what happens, you know, to charge up my power, see if I get any burned. Who knows? Okay. I, I have a question. What yeah. conditions did Soul have marked like before she crash landed into the earth? Um, I think it was 
Yes, I do have one. I'm going to have you actually mark insecure and afraid because you've never been, like, powerless before. And I really feel like it's kind of, the experience of it is kind of both of those things. Okay. What, hypothetically, what happens if I have three conditions and then I get three more in a freak accident? You would probably go unconscious or something like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to try it. (laughs) So, um... Okay, so I rolled... Oh, roll plus conditions. Actually, that's good. Okay. Um, there you go. That is a 12. So that is three burn and no extra conditions. Thank God. Um, okay, so you are rolling to try to charge up, right? Yes. Okay. So I think what happens is we see Soul pull her barely conscious limp body out of the crater... And in pure instinct, not even knowing where she is or what's happening around her, having no idea that there are dinosaurs, having no idea that her brother is nearby, having no idea that her party or her teammates, her super team is nearby, having no idea what plane of existence that she's even on. She just, out of pure instinct and survival, just like turns on as much power as she can possibly muster and starts once again burning at like the light of a supernova and just starts glowing and throbbing with light. Uh, <laughs> I would like to use, to take advantage of that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Because I now have, you know, a second sun in the city making sure. all the shadows even darker, more manifest, more pa- more potent... Okay, sure. I'm going to actually unleash what is kind of my wombo combo here as far as moves go. Okay. White Knight is going to stare at these dinosaurs that, again, he's got these two dinosaurs. There's another to deal with. The three members of his team who he knows of are down. There's a building that theoretically is still collapsing. Yes. Well, it's kind of being repaired by uh, Titan bots. Yeah, but like, White Knight doesn't trust those. Sure. They're weird little robots, and it's a collapsing building. That he's not sure how much he trusts those things. Okay. That structural integrity is structurally insecure, and White Knight is going to look look at these dinosaurs. He's going to look at these innocent creatures that are just kind of raging he's gonna give into his guilt for a moment and tell them he's sorry letting that guilt turn into anger and telling his entire team why are you all so useless and in doing that i'm going to use a team point by acting selfishly okay which is insulting my teammates okay so i am removing one team from the pool Okay. To give myself, uh, to shift a label up, and I'm going to shift freak up to make that a two. Okay. I'm going to shift superior down. Uh, my bad. I'm going to shift savior down by one. Okay. So I'm freak two, savior one. And then I'm going to unleash my powers. In unleashing my powers, I'm going to try and use 
these new darker, thicker shadows to make the dino these chained up dinosaurs and the flying one. I'm going to try to make them go through their own shadows into the deep, dark shadows beneath the waves of the nearby ocean. Okay, go ahead and roll your plus freak. That is a roll of an eight. It's plus two from my freak. It's minus two from my hopeless. Okay. Which cancels out to, to just a flat eight. Okay. Which does, uh, which I will mark the condition of angry. Okay. But here's where my combo comes back through here. So I used up a team. Right. And I shifted my labels. I'm now invoking my move of I know what I am. Okay, what's that? Once per scene, when you're defending a teammate, which I kind of was just defending both Leo and Titan. Sure. I can shift Savior up, so that would be Savior from 1 back to Savior 2. Shift another label down, which would be Freak. So shift Freak from 2 back down to 1. And if I do so, I add one team to the pool. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, oh, oh. So the dinosaurs, they vanish through the shadows, and they appear at the bottom of, like, the bay between Sunset Island and Halcyon City. Is that correct? Yes. Just drowning with poor dinosaurs. They That's something I can deal here. with later. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Can we just take a moment for the wombo combo of my moves there, though? Yeah, somebody's been reading the rule book. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. I just want to take a moment for the suffering of the poor dinosaurs. That's what I want to take a moment hey, for. Hey, hey, hey. He said sorry guys. first. <laughs> I feel like we probably have this panel then of White Knight in sort of like... It's the same terrifying white knight that was able to use the shadow power in a way that had never been used before to make like we have like a flashback panel to the high rise and the very look on white knight's face when he just sort of caused shadow to make the black knight disappear for good um, it's like this, you know, there's like a back-to-back panel of like that flashback and White Knight's face now, and then the dinosaurs are just gone. Uh, and you just like are so angry that White Knight just sort of collapses to the ground in anger, like fuming and like, you know, breathing so like taking deep breaths in and out, like, like just like, um, practically wheezing. Uh, from pure emotion. Sorry. Hello, Super Team. I'm Ben Wallace, Game Master and the Voice, whispering in your ear. You're listening to the second issue of the Vega Rising arc. Welcome to Vega Rising. I hope you'll stick around with us here, because crazy cool things are going to happen. We have some surprises up our sleeves, and we also have some guest arcs to drop in soon. It's going to be great, and you won't want to miss it. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. 
If you leave a review of this podcast on Apple, I will read it and respond here on the mid-roll. I've been careful to not straight up just ask you all to leave reviews, but if you are enjoying this on Apple Podcasts, it would help us tremendously to get more folks to listen to our show if you left a review on the Apple Podcast app. Hey, you. That's right. You. I'd really like it if you joined us in our Discord conversation. Head over to allportsopen.com and join our Discord channel to talk about delinquent comics with our community on Discord. I want to share one of the coolest things ever, which is that on Twitter, at the underscore Forismon, F-O-R-I-S-M-O-N, is making and posting on Twitter a whole set of homebrewed Magic the Gathering cards based on our Halcyon City and our heroes from our show. It is seriously the coolest thing ever. And also, there are some really cool cards. I shared some of them with a friend of mine who was a huge Magic player, and he immediately wished that they print one of them because it was such a good idea for a card design. So thanks, at the underscore Forismon, F-O-R-I-S-M-O-N, for your live reaction tweets to our show and for always telling people that they should listen. I really want to grow the show during the Vega Rising arc. And if you're enjoying this, then we need your help. Join our super team by spreading the word with others about delinquent comics. Hold a listening party. DM someone. Text your mom and say, hey mom, you should listen to delinquent comics. But most importantly, I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening. Your time is invaluable, and I appreciate you letting me talk into your ears for a while. So, without further ado, enjoy this advertisement for another amazing Mask Actual Play podcast. Subscribe to it. And then, continue listening to Vega Rising, Issue 2. Welcome to the world of Super Idols RPG, where superpowers exist, but only among those with dreams of pop star fame and glory. Anyone who believes in that dream can be a super idol, be they an awkward gothic lolita. Yeah, Valerie has her phone out. Uh, Her phone screen's not on. Her (laughs) phone looks closely. A recovering mean girl. Just to establish for no weird reason at all, but you all do go to this school, right? <laughs> <laughs> An excitable fanboy. Can can you? I'm really shy, but can you ask him if they can sign my jumper? Wait, hold on. Oh no, I transformed. <laughs> uh, can I have the autograph? A literal queen bee. Sorry to kill your buzz, honey, but you just have to get used to the sting of disappointment. Or a mischievous rapper. Lucia makes more clones of herself so she can have a huddle. Aww. <laughs> Join the members of Rhythmix as they reach for the stars in the second exciting arc of Super Idols RPG, a queer, diverse, narrative-focused masks campaign with elements of high school comedy, magical girl anime, showbiz drama, and superhero action. New episodes release every three weeks on Sundays. Check out superidolsrpg.wordpress.com for more details. Somewhere here in this downtown part of the city, there is some sort of sound system that the 
you know, whether it's used for like, maybe it's used for like emergencies. It's like the system they use to like warn people when there's like a villain attack. And the, and the Shaggy Lynx has found a way to like kind of co-op the system. And you just hear his voice again. And he's just like, ah, fine. If, 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 my, if my friends from the animal kingdom cannot do you all in, then I have no resort. I must destroy this city once and for all. Uh, and uh, there is, like, once again, one of these sort of, you know, you saw it at the zoo. Titan has been kind of tracking this tech for the last six months. But there is, like, um, a, like, from somewhere in the city, you're not sure where it comes from. You're not sure where the Shaggy Lynx is at this point. There is sort of, like, a spinning disc that sort of flies into the air above the block where you all have been engaging these dinosaurs, above the block where Julio's laying on the ground and where um, Titan has gone flying, where White Knight has just, you know, obliterated these dinosaurs to the bottom of the ocean, where soul is like currently like powering up and at full power three burn and where muse is like you know like a little bit further away but passed out um a like black sucking hole of energy opens up above the city and starts just like sucking up people cars vehicles like you know into this black hole um I guess I'm going to ask Soul what she's going to do. Like, maybe you can sense... You have no idea what's been happening, basically, consciously. Maybe you can sense that there's a black hole um, based on just your pure energy and your sort of solar power connection. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about what you would like to do with your yes. burn? Um, okay. Uh, so I have three, and I have not used elemental awareness yet, um, which is uh, where I can ask the GM a question. Um, and so I think I'm going to do that to okay. start off. Uh, I'm going to do hopeless. Everybody's hopeless today. Yep. I love it. Everyone is completely hopeless. And then my question is... What is the biggest? Can I can I see like a threat? And is the question what is the biggest threat here? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so you reach out with your sort of solar senses, and you suddenly detect that the yeah the you you're able to ascertain the exact position in space of this black hole like you don't know who it's threatening or where you are or even what universe you're in but like there is a black hole you have closed one before you recognize its presence with your powers and you have identified its limits oh fantastic so uh then with my two burn left i'm going to use overcharge and channel the full capacity of my powers Okay. Uh, and that gives me a plus 10 to whatever roll I have to do to close the black hole. Okay. All right. I'm going to say it's probably defend. You've unleashed your powers before to do this, mm-hmm. um, but you've done it before now. So it's probably more like defending the city from this black hole, right? So it would be a plus savior, right? So it's obviously a success. It's a 12. It's, I mean, it's a 10 plus whatever. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Um, a 19? Yeah, right. 
Okay, so you can add a team to the pool, you can take influence over someone you protect, or you can clear a condition. I'm gonna go ahead and clear a condition. What are you clearing? I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna clear insecure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You're like, like coming into the fullness of your power once again, even though you don't know where you are or what's Mm -hmm. happening. Um, You feel this black hole, you reach out with your cosmic power senses, you find the edges of its uh, event horizon. I don't know if that's the right word exactly for that, the right phrase for that. And you manipulate the cosmic powers of whatever this technology is to close it, saving the city from it. And then I think when that happens, soul collapses and falls once again unconscious here in the middle of the crater that her own body caused. Makes sense. So we have a couple of more panels that happen, which is one, we have the bronze bovine and Danny, and boy. Danny boy. And bronze bovine is just like running full tilt. And he arrives on the scene right in that moment. And then he like puts his hands down on his knees and leans over and he's out of breath. <sighs> and he just looks like, Titan, I made it. I'm here. I did it. We did it. What do you need us to do? Titan pulls himself out of the building that he was thrown into. Secure. And so they start to go and like secure and also sort of right at that moment that everything is sort of like calming down now. The dinosaurs are gone. You don't know where the shaggy lynx is, uh, but the black hole is closed. And so the immediate threats seem to be over. Uh, kind of, there's two things. First, there's a few panels of like a blur, a, a sort of blue blur. Um, a, a speedster kind of like quickly running at like, you know, incredibly high speeds um, kind of blurs around the city block, but also sort of like blinks from one spot to another, almost like able to also teleport in short distances and short bursts and the hero known as fleet who is the corporate sponsor of halcyon genix corporate uh one of our local halcyon city corporations um fleet is the they are the halcyon genix corporations like mascot sort of like arrive starting to like secure um using their super speed to like you know move bystanders to safety clear people out of like potentially sort of dangerous situations from like you know collateral damage and like uh you know i don't know telephone poles that are about to collapse that kind of stuff you know kind of moving people to safety and then kind of like flying down into the middle of the scene 
uh, there is just sort of like, I mean, you guys all think that it's in your head at first. Do you, have you all ever been to Epcot? No. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I you have. Know, you know, like the music of Epcot, that like real kind of epic but corporate music that plays around Epcot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. At first, you guys, like, hear this and uh, you think it's in your head, but actually it's not. It's actually, like, playing from somewhere. You're not sure where, but, like, this music is actually being belted out by somewhere in the city as, like, as the floating form of of a gorgeous young female superhero in... Um, silver and red skin tight attire just sort of floats down a cape, a red cape just whipping back behind her body she has like long um, her long brunette hair sort of flapping back in the in the breeze you don't even know there was a breeze today um, but like it's like you know there's like a fan blowing at her she float, floats down uh, her uh, this 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 music playing uh, as she lands um, her hand out and she's just like uh, no one be afraid um, I am singularity and I am here to help and she starts to uh, immediately like help civilians to safety uh, and uh, your corporate your corporate superheroes have arrived to try to help people in the aftermath of this situation So who is who is conscious? I think both I think White Knight and Titan are conscious. Mm-hmm. In the aftermath of this situation, uh, what would you like to do? Uh, White Knight is gonna bamf over to where he saw a giant, bright, soul-colored light. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you uh, bamf into the crater, and Soul's body is there. Now. You have not seen her in a long time. What is it like for White Knight to see Soul for the first time since the hospital? Since he, like, the pizza boys went out for, uh, for their, you know, for food. And you used your shadow power to teleport, like, I don't it was like a slushy or something. Orange Julius. (laughs) You haven't seen her since, so like what is it like when White Knight sees Soul's body there for the first time? And she's completely unconscious. Yes. He looks down at her. At first there's just at first there's just like cold cold anger on his face is what you get the panel. Then that cracks. You see all the guilt he is holding underneath it. That here is yet another one of his teammates who he wasn't able to help. He picks her up, and then he bamps to back to a hospital. Titan, what are you doing? Um, Titan is, is assisting with cleanup. He's going to 
get Leo to one of the ambulances. He's going to try and find Muse. He's, he's going to assist with cleanup. All right, so, like, Titan's, like, kind of running through the, uh, like, you know, the aftermath of this. Like, there's, like, you know, uh, destroyed city streets and burned out cars and, like, um, you know, the the belting of police sirens going off and all that. And then, like, you, like, like see through the rubble, you see, like, Muse's body uh, collapsed into one of the buildings. Um, he's going to do his best to try and get there and make sure she's hidden. From cameras, things like that. Um, oh, okay. And try and get. A, he's gonna try and get another hero to help get her, get her out. Yeah, you start to come to consciousness. By the way, uh, Muse. Hey, Muse. Oh. Yeah. Oof! Looks like you took a beating. Oh. We- we gotta get back out. <laughs> Situate. It's it's already contained. Let's, let's, let's get you somewhere somewhere where we can get you healed up. Oh my head. Oh. But I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm fine. All right. The if you, if you think you can make it, the car's over there. Okay. Um, and then Titan will, uh, on one of his gauntlets, call. A few of the robots over, okay, and they can they'll, they can either act as a, like construct into like a bra- uh, not a brace but like a um, uh, I'm I'm forgetting the word a crutch. crutch? Yes. Okay. They will kind of like construct into like a cylinder or something, and the muse can use that to walk back to the car. Okay, cool. Uh, as muse is like walking back to the car. And uh, Titan is ready to move on to the next crisis to like, try to help with. Um, there is a helicopter that starts coming into this, you know, scene, uh, and a bunch of like black unmarked cars also pull in, and a familiar face to, to Titan, to Muse, um, to White Knight, uh, kind of steps out, like, kind of. Get steps out of the helicopter as it lands uh, between Muse and the Titanmobile as Agent Jack Silver. He is a uh, square-jawed, like, maybe early 50s um man with like he's kind of got like an olive complexion um but he's got like really stern dark eyes and he's wearing a suit um and he's just like barking orders to uh he's barking orders to a bunch of like uh, similarly dressed you know suit clad agents um he's the jack agent jack silver is the head of Halcyon City's special investigative unit that Mayor Kane had put into place in the aftermath of the, well, during sort of the events of the Mr. Mayhem incidents that were happening in the city. You all have spent a lot of time with him over the last several months, and he's sort of ever present in the press, ever present in the city, ever present in politics, ever present in your lives 
with questions uh, and trying to influence her actions over the last several months. Um, and he uh, comes up to Muse limping and uh, just sort of walks up to Muse. How does Muse react to seeing uh, this agent? I was going to say if he should take me by surprise uh, or not, if if I don't know if it's surprising. Beforehand, yeah, then, I don't yeah. think it's very surprising, yeah. honestly, because, well, one, I mean, they have to get his helicopter has to land and he has to sure. get out. Okay. And two, like he's been very ever pervasive in everything that's been happening over the last six months. So you've seen him like a thousand times at this point. So Agent Silver and the special investigation, the special, sorry, and the special investigative unit have interviewed all of you extensively over the last several months about what happened with Mr. Mayhem, what happened with Black Knight, uh, all of what happened uh, in the Forge of Fortitude arc of our of our comic here. Uh, so you're all very familiar with him. You've spent time with him. You've spent time answering his questions. Um, you know, uh, I would say if you want to try to like intervene to try to like get between him and Muse right in this moment, you can uh, try to do that before. It happens. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. How do you want to do that? Um, uh, Titan would kind of just like walk right in front of him, try to block view of Muse. Uh, Agent Silver. Titan. To come do cleanup or media. Both. What's the situation? Um, he pulls you aside and he kind of like looks over your shoulder towards Muse and kind of like locks eyes at Muse for a second what ha- what is going on with Muse um, who obviously sees all of this I think she gets a little nervous um, tries to um, kind of ditch that eye contact and sure. um tries to like find like get towards an like an ambulance like I'm assuming that's there or coming sure. in to try to like kind of seek some yeah. medical treatment okay but sure you can see like there's a close up panel of like catching eye contact and like her like looking down like kind of guiltily away um, okay and, and trying to like kind of move the other direction towards towards an ambulance okay then I feel like you probably have like uh like sort of some fade out dialogue of Titan sort of taking Jack Silver away from from Muse and like kind of discussing like what happened and you have like speech bubbles that are sort of like fading out of like um, him saying like you know have you seen Mr. Mayhem was Mayhem here no this was presumably the Shaggy Lynx so as as like Jack Silver makes eye contact with Muse, there's like a notable like panel of like his eyes close up and like the concern on his face. And then he like as he's talking to Titan, and as he's like as the speech bubble is like fading away of like him asking questions like, was there a May- Mr. Mayhem sighting? Has anyone reported any memory loss? You know, those kinds of questions. No, Titan saying, no, you know, Pierce, this was the Shaggy Lynx. No idea where this technology came from. There's also like Jack Silver, like kind of like 
talking into he's kind of like also give kind of on the side giving some orders into like his wristwatch like you know like like of ordering some agents to go and just like make sure that muse is cared for and like you know you see some agents like rushing over to make sure muse is okay and and sort of like maybe one last sort of like close-up shot sort of like um so a one last close-up panel of Jack Silver's eyes and maybe Muse's eyes also looking over as like, and then like the whole scene here of chaos on the street kind of comes to an end. And then I'd like to do, then I'd like to do one last thing. So our next panel we see is in the hospital, the same hospital where uh, Leo and, uh, was taken after Mr. Mayhem almost killed him uh, in in Professor Turmeric's basement. Uh, we see the same sort of ho- a, a similar hospital room in the same hospital, uh, and I guess Muse is probably just sort of finishing up. I would imagine with nurses. I mean, it's not as if Muse can take. I mean, it's not like you know you've taken too much damage. I would think uh, to, you know been hurt too much. Yeah, so I imagine she's in like a wheelchair. And they're like okay. kind of pushing her out, you know, and she's like, is this really necessary? And then like, oh, yes, it is necessary. Uh, yeah, we have to take care of you. Uh, Do you I know, really have to leave in a wheelchair? Oh, we don't want anything bad happen to you now, dear. It's the nurse says An old gray haired nurse is like uh, doting over you like, uh, oh, yeah, we don't want anything bad to happen to you now, dearie. Tiny little thing like you. All right. Well, can, can I at least push it myself out oh fine if you insist she like winks at you and then goes away um and then muse will like uh roll you see like a couple panels of her rolling through the hospital and she sees the sign that says like uh cancer ward okay and uh she like rolls into like the cancer ward and uh like there's like you know all these people that are there and they just look horrible and like emaciated and uh, like I think one is like she rolls over and there's like a family like there uh, are like surrounded uh, a person and there's like even a priest they're like ready like almost like giving this person last yeah ride. so they know that this person's gonna die and um, I think like. Muse even gets up and like walks over to like beside this this person and um even getting really close and maybe even turning and and feigning looking or visiting with the next person that's like right beside them in this like two person room and you see her close her eyes and without any kind of physical touch you see her kind of reach out with her mind and connect with this person who's ready to die and begin to take every single one of their life memories away from them and we see kind of like a back and forth panel of her taking these memories and then back to like 
this, you know, like a heart monitor essentially, and you see them get weaker, almost and weaker. And as she takes more and more memories, and this, this person slowly slips away, and the family begins to cry and and like lean over, and we just see Muse in a almost replica shot from the end of Forge, from the end of the Forge of Fortitude, walking down that same hospital hallway with the wheelchair in the foreground and Muse walking down the hallway. And the last panel of this issue is a black frame, completely black, solid black with white text on it that says six months prior. Like a pail of cold water to our face, our story halts again to jump back in time. And leaving so many questions unanswered. Why does Leo have powers? Where has Sol been all this time? And what's to make of these new corporate heroes? It seems our team has to go back to move forward in the next episode of Masks. Vega Rising, Issue 3, The Interrogators. Innocence Inquiries Presented by Delinquent Comics This episode of Delinquent Comics starred Ashton Lurell as Soul, Justin Allen as Titan, Connor Castile as White Knight, Sean Delp as Muse, and Ben Wallace as the Game Master. Masks, A New Generation, is the award-winning tabletop role-playing game by Brendan Conway and published by Magpie Games. This episode featured the songs Tension is Rising and Intelligent Galaxy, both by The Insider, and can be found on the album All's Fair, in Love of Wax. It also featured the songs Tanzif and Olivine, both by R.E.W., and can be found on the album Tefra. It also featured the songs Telluric Undercurrent, Ventus Solaris, Biomythos, Time Flux, the Simulation Hypothesis, and Invisible Walls, all by Revolution Void, and can be found on the albums Increase the Dosage, Thread Soul, and The Politics of Desire. This episode was edited and produced by Ben Wallace and me, Sean Delp.